You know, this week, um, Colleen and Anita are going to be boarding a plane, and so I, I want to, <laughs> yeah, there we go, um, recreate TSA, all right? Any of you have some good TSA experiences, all right? Um, you know, I am a very prompt guy, but I remember one particular flight that I was a little bit later than I wanted to be, and I had to go through TSA. Have any of you ever been late and have to go through security checkpoint? Okay. Uh, when you're late, you really don't want to get behind this guy. And I did get behind this guy. The guy who... Uh, who, you know, when said, okay, you know, put your keys in, all that kind of stuff. So he puts his keys in, and then he goes through, and is like, beep, 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 beep. And it's like, what? And then security says, no, have, have you, uh, you know, emptied your pockets? And so then he goes, and he gets loose change, and he goes, all right, here we go again. Then beep, 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 beep. And it's like, in the meantime, I'm waiting for this guy. Okay? It's like, did you not read the rules? And so then he goes in, checks his pocket again. Oh, what? I mean, these are mints. I mean, yeah, no, no, that sir, that sir needs to go in too. And then you, you kind of beep, 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 beep. And I'm going like crazy, okay? I'm trying to be pastoral. I'm trying to be sanctified <laughs> in my response. But every time I wanted to take the step forward and, and then he goes, oh, there's more change. Um, that must be it. Beep, 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 beep. Okay, I'm fit to be tied. Uh, goes in his, oh, I mean, wallet? I mean, surely, yes, sir, put that in too. And I, I'm going, dude, you are killing me. Um, beep, 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 beep again. Phones too? Yes, phones, dude. Read the instructions. And so, you know, puts the phone in there, and then finally, like, we're all praising God <laughs> that he made it through this, okay? The purpose for this illustration is that there's certain things that will not make it on the flight, okay? There's certain things that, that yes, eventually they're going to make it, but, um, but really, to get through this, you have to let go of certain things, don't you? And that's what I want to talk about today because, um, you know, as we've been going through the book of Ephesians, uh, the author Paul has made just a, a really great doctrinal point in the first three chapters. And I want to uh, show you this illustration I've been using um, throughout this series that when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you know, we receive that free gift to us. It's nothing that we earn. We receive that. And that invites us into a relationship with the living God. And in this relationship with the living God, we can find rest because we're secure in his love. Would you agree with that? We're secure in that love. And we were reminded last week um, in chapter 4 that now we are to be living from this new identity that we are called by God to live righteous with each other, to glorify God and reach the world. But you know, this is very tough because we don't always see it played out in the church of Jesus Christ today. Would you agree? And I think we don't see it played out enough. Why? Because we don't understand this concept, this concept of the old is gone, the new has come. 
The old is gone. We, we've got to let go of these things. Why? So we could experience the new. There are certain things in the old that don't translate into the new. Are, are you following me? I want to make sure this illustration hits home. We're reminded when Jesus said these words in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I want you to think about that. Those who find it are few. Those who learn what it means to actually live in light of newness. The old is gone, the new has come. He said those who find it are few. And then I think, why is that? This last week I was reading an article that reminded me of an Indian fable that was told amongst uh, the native Indians and it was a, a young, brave warrior. He was going out on a hike, and he came across a, a nest filled with the eggs of a golden eagle. Now, golden eagles are majestic. They're amazing creations of God. And he thought he would be funny. And he took one of these eggs out of that nest, and he found the nest of a prairie chicken. And he put that egg in the nest of a prairie chicken. And so, of course, the eggs hatch. And the eggs after hatching, then um, you have this eagle that's growing up to feel like a prairie chicken. And so one day as he was plucking the ground like his prairie chicken brothers and sisters one of his brothers looked up and said, see that eagle up there? It's the most majestic and powerful of all birds. I mean, look at that up there. And so the little eagle looks up there. But the brother said, but you know what? You will never be one of those. You'll never be one of those. Why? Because you are one of us. And I think about that, and I think, how true is that of so many who say, I follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I have infused in me, in my identity, all this capacity to soar, all this capacity to thrive. I'm filled with all this capacity. And so why in the world am I listening to these who are feeding me this line that, hey, don't you wish you could do that? You can't do that. You just got to keep plucking the soil. And maybe when you fly, you can just hop basically from here to there. But you know, God has created us to soar. Would you agree with that? And for us to soar, a very important ingredient for that is learning what it means to um, give up. Give up. Let go. Let go of the old and step into the new. I think of that famous quote by Jim Elliott, who said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep. He gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Without giving up this, man, you, you, you can't get onto the flight. 
And so with that, I, I know some of us were a little bit shocked at, you know, Mother's Day message, uh, very first words. Uh, but sexual immorality and impurity, covetousness must not even be named among you. I mean, isn't that great? Happy Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> but again, like a good parent, I think Paul wants to give counsel to God's children in the very same way God's word gives counsel to us. And so let's uh, investigate this word together um, as we receive loving counsel to God's children. You know, as you look through all of these, it says, but sexual immorality. Now, sexual immorality in the Greek, that word is porneia. And again, that word sounds like pornography, doesn't it? Porneia is any sexual activity outside of the marriage bed. It says, but sexual immorality and all impurity. Impurity is something that was at one time good, but then it brought into itself contaminants, and it made something that was pure impure. So again, he is talking to a culture. It's very important for us to understand this. He is talking to a culture that has just come out of the mindset that when I go to the temple, now I don't meet with a temple prostitute like was our form of worship. See, it was the, the uh, temple to Diana or Artemis. And now... It's like, no, you're no longer, you need to be distinct. See, but sexual, uh, sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. Does that go on a lot today? It sure does. It's water cooler talk. It's, hey, how can I connect to my coworkers? Oh, man, you're laughing about this. Hey, I'm going to start laughing about this. But again, the, the challenge is, is there should not even be a, a hint of this. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. I, I know in today's day, this is very, very convicting. And I know as a pastor today, Preaching on the subject of sexual purity is almost an impossibility. Talk to friends who are in the ministry who are trying to uh, pastor 20-somethings. And everything in our culture is, hey, you live together, you, you uh, have sex together, you do all these kinds of things. Um, but here you've got your creator, your designer, God himself who is saying, I've designed all this. I can tell you how it's going to work. And it would be very similar to, let's just take a toaster. You know, a toaster was a wonderful invention. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I like me a good piece of toast every so often. Um, It was invented by a Scotsman uh, back in the 1800s. But you know, when you live in Michigan... And you see something that warms something up, you could come up with other purposes, can't you? I'm for a toaster. I mean, it looks like it would be a great hand warmer. I mean, really, doesn't it? Come on. 
I mean, this has been a cold winter and a cold spring. Every so often, it's just like, I can think of some other uses for that. Let's put my fingers inside. Well, how's that going to work out for you? Not going to work out good, but could you do that? Yes, you could do that. And our society, when it comes to sex, is doing that all the time. It's just like, okay, let's just figure out more ways how we can continue down this immorality trap. But, oh, by the way, this is what gives you life. And it says, no, we are to be distinct. I remember when Tammy and I were living in San Diego and we were uh, um, engaged to be married at that time. And all my coworkers are saying, Brian, you are crazy. You are paying rent in San Diego. And Tammy is paying rent in San Diego. What are you guys thinking? You're going to get married. Why are not you just living together? Because I love Jesus, and he created me, and he told me, this is how I get the most out of life. I mean, I, I mean that really is it. But, you know, we're raising a generation that's like, no, have no backbone. But God's word says, no, your identity functioning in your new identity, where you can find rest, where you get the most out of life. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you'll have life and have it to the full. And God's word, this is why we're at church about God's word. And I know it's not politically correct, but it says you can be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, I want to clarify something there. What the Holy Spirit of God is not saying is that when you fall prey to temptation here and there, that you have no inheritance, that you've somehow now unearned or you've lost your salvation. No, cannot lose your salvation. Well, then what is he talking about? He's talking about those that have this pattern, those that have this lifestyle, those where your heart isn't even pricked that you're doing anything wrong when you're doing any sexual activity outside the marriage bed. You need to evaluate your heart. You're not functioning in your newness. You're functioning in your Gentileness, your oldness, your Romanness. You're apart from Christness. But he says, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. For at one time, did you get that? At one time, at one time, at one time, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And what's this instruction? Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That word discern is a, a Greek word that was the testing of metals. He says, okay, through your life, just test and see that, hey, what God's word says is true. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. 
Instead, expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now, did you find it interesting, as you were reading this text, that the very first illustration of be imitators of God, chapter 5, verse 1, the very first illustration of being imitators of God is dealing with your sexuality. Why is that such a big deal to God? I mean, I know for some of us, we're squirmish in our seats a little bit. Because it's just like, why did he have to go there? Well, because he says God has designed everything just as he intended. And sex in our society today is so often selfish. It's so often me-centered. It's so often, hey, you are here for me. And everything with how God designed the beauty of the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife, that is to reflect the glory and the beauty of God our creator. And so God is selfless. God is thinking, how do we glorify the other? But then there is a text of scripture that I think we we really need to be reminded of. Um, It's a tough reality, but it's important reality, so much so that I want to put this up on the screen for you in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 15, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Wait, so it's not just that my identity is I'm a child of God now. He says, no, that as a child of God, when you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you took on the righteousness of Jesus Christ onto you that cleaned the house so that the Holy Spirit of God can indwell. The Holy Spirit of God can't indwell a a dirty house. Well, we've been imputed, that's a, a biblical term, imputed the righteousness of Christ. So the perfection of Jesus Christ was imputed onto those of us who've placed our faith and trust in him. Because of that, we have now the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. I want you to think through this. It says, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? So he's saying, should I now, um, with Christ in me, with the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in me, do I now go to the temple of Artemis? And conduct myself in the uh, sexual acts of prostitution there? Do I, do I do that? He says, or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one with her? For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from 
God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. He's saying you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. As such, you've been cleansed. As such, you've been indwelt. And when you do this activity, you take Christ with you. Whoa. It's heavy, isn't it? But see, this is how he said we are to walk as children of the light. But then continuing on in our text, he says this, we are to walk wisely with these five B attitudes. Look at verse 15. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, see, when we we read this, there is the admonition, the parental admonition to the kids. Be careful. Be careful how you walk. Be careful that you're not listening to other prairie chickens who are telling you that you do not have the capacity that you have. He said, be careful, be careful, be careful. In Psalm 1, Psalm 1 is like the thesis statement of the entire 150 psalms that we have. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or the ungodly. He said, priority number one, you got to watch out. You got to be careful. You've got to be careful, be careful, be careful. Be careful what you put into your mind. Be careful what your eyes see. He says, be careful because there is an enemy that wants to lull you to sleep. And the Holy Spirit of God is saying, wake up, wake up, wake up and consider your ways. Be careful. But also it says, be intentional. Making the best use of the time. You know, all of us every day have schedules And sometimes our schedules drive us, but many times you drive your schedule. So what are you prioritizing in your schedule? You need to be intentional. I know years ago, uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, again said, if you want to, you've got big rock priorities. I said, these are hugely important. This must get into my schedule Then he says, the only way to do that is to prioritize by getting those big rocks in first. And then the smaller pebbles, the urgent things, can follow behind. But you will never have time for the important if all you are addressing is the urgent. We've got to be intentional. He says, make the best use of your time. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? And then he says, be spirit-filled. Says so verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So he says there's two kinds of spirits you can drink from. Either the capital S Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or other spirits. We live in a society and a culture that has many coping mechanisms for the stresses of life. I was thinking of a story, a story of some soldiers. They were caught in a foxhole, 
and they were fighting for their lives, and they had just gotten word that there was an enemy, a large enemy force approaching them. And they looked at their circumstances and says, we are alone in this foxhole. We don't, we don't have a chance. And at that time, you can then just say, you know, we, we, we might as well start drinking. We might as well start forgetting the reality of the situation we're in. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, no, no, it's at that time you, instead of doing what comes easy or what the world says, man, you press into the Lord for a heavenly perspective. You ask for recon. And so many times in those instances, he then is able to uh, communicate with you, yes, but you've got 2,000 soldiers of your own a mile away, and they're coming, and they are going to fight this battle with you. See, how many times do we miss out on that because we're so overcome by the situations we find ourselves? He says, be spirit-filled. That idea is continually, continually find yourself living in obedience to the Word of God because that's what the Holy Spirit uses to speak to our hearts and empower us. Be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always. How'd you? Giving thanks always. And for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's hard to do. Life on this planet, it's hard to get to that point, isn't it? He said, no, there's so much I could be complaining about. There's so much in life that seems so unfair. You know, I think of Jack Fleming here two nights ago. He had to say goodbye to his wife of 67 years. 68? Sorry, I missed it by one year. 68 years of marriage. And she got her heavenly promotion two nights ago. But he's here today. And you told me he's here today. He needs to be with the family of faith at this time. It's like, praise God. You know, here is one who is just a faithful warrior to the very end. Both Jack and Carol. Faithful to the very end. And even in this, you can find that there is something to praise God about. In that I'm a child of the Lord. And this is not the end of the story. But again, all of this, folks, comes from leaving what was behind. I leave what is behind, and I press on to what is ahead. The old is gone. The new has come. You cannot live with a foot in both worlds. That's called compromise, and that is not worship in any stretch of the imagination. Worship is knowing what you have to let go of so that you can experience the life that the Lord wants for you. Man, isn't that good news? It's good news on this Mother's Day because I'll tell you, every mom wants the best for her kid. Every mom does. Now, not every mother is perfect in the way that they try to get to that final result that every mom hopes for for their kid. But here you've got your creator God who says this. This is how you live. 
And you live by submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, we need to be in fellowship. We need to be around the people of God. We live in a time where that is like put on the wayside. But look, look at this crowd here this morning on a beautiful, beautiful Michigan spring. Like it's about time, right? <laughs> but on this beautiful Mother's Day, this place is full. Because I believe you guys are learning the value of being with the family of faith that can continue to speak the truth of God into your life so that when you start acting like a prairie chicken, you have somebody who loves you enough to say, no, but you were designed to be a golden eagle. Now soar, thrive. You don't need to just barely survive. No, God has created you to thrive. He's given you the strength in his wings that he has given you. Now fly. That's the Mother's Day message for us here today. And this is how we as children of a loving God, of a holy God, he's designed us to soar. But he has said, I want you to know that you've got to put off the old so that you can put on the new. And all of us have those remnants at times where we go, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, maybe this sermon for you is going back in your pocket and go, uh, I've been trying to carry this. No, no, this needs to go today. Um, and so I want to prepare our hearts right now. I just want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Because I just want to close with the question, have you stepped out of the old and into the new? I mean, that, that's the question for you. Have you stepped out of the old and into the new? See, you cannot step into the new. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. Some people think that just waking up tomorrow is the opportunity for you to start living the life God has called you to live. And I believe the sermon reminds us that, well, tomorrow will just be like today if you do not put off what the Holy Spirit of God is saying. Hey, you want to live life? Put this off and take on your new identity that the Holy Spirit of God is empowering you to live in the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit of God, he's empowering you to live that kind of way. And if you find yourself not growing in that fruit, let me tell you, it's probably because you are trying to take with you some remnants from the old. No, put off the old, put on the new. So I want you right now just to think through, wrestle through. If our God is a God of revival, <laughs> that revival only takes place when the people of God get serious about the holiness of God and serious about knowing through what we know of God's word. 
embracing the new mercies, the new mercies that are available to us every day. New mercies for a new life, new opportunity, new experiences. Some continue to keep trying to hold on to the old. No, letting go of the old and step into the new. So the possibilities of tomorrow are even greater than the possibilities and the experiences of yesterday. Think through that. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to you now. Lord, there's a prayer that Paul prayed earlier in this book. May the eyes of our heart be opened. And so, Father, we pray right now. Lord, we pray that very same prayer. I pray that prayer over our people here. Those watching online, those listening, those who are here. Lord, may this not just be a TED Talk that we nod our heads to and go, wow, that was, that was, wow, you made me think. No, this is the opportunity that you've invited us into for us to have the eyes of our hearts open so that we will repent of those things, those things that we've been trying to take into the new, that we will be able to repent and set those things aside, that there be a crucifixion of those things today and say, today, I'm going to crucify this. I'm going to identify with Christ's crucifixion so that I will live in the power of his resurrection. Lord, Lord, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for promising that for those of us in Christ, there is nothing, nothing we can do that will make you love us less than you do already. But the truth is, just like a loving mom, you want the best for your kids. You want the best. And so I pray that we will be a congregation that because we know what to put off, we can allow those voices of the world that try to bring us down and live like prairie chickens, Lord, that we will be a people that knows how to soar. Help us soar, I pray. In your most holy and precious name. And all God's children said,